says, what shall we, th- we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with, therefore with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin for one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, Father, that you are going to reveal to us, maybe even more so, the significance of Jesus' death because we know there'd be no resurrection if there wasn't first a death. So gratefully, we approach you. Thankfully, we approach you for Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And so, Father, show us the significance. We know that as your word goes out, it never returns back empty or void. It's come carrying something for each and every one of us today. Father, thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you, Father, that as your word goes forth, Faith will arise in hearts because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I wanna look at Jesus' death and what it means for the believer today. The apostle Paul had been on the topic of, of God's grace. And then staying on this theme in Romans chapter six, he begins to build on it. Paul speaks of our dying to sin, and then he begins to speak of of baptism. And I know that it seems kind of odd. We go from grace, we go from dying to sin, and then we go to baptism. And how all of these are connected is going to be our Good Friday message today. So why does the Apostle Paul go from grace to dying to sin to, to baptism? For us today... The thought of baptism brings up thoughts of, and feelings and emotions of comfort and strength and boldness, even joy. But the word for baptized here in Romans chapter 6 meant something entirely different in the first century. This word in the first century spoke of violence because it means immersed. It was used when speaking of someone that had been drowned or speaking of ships that had been sunk. In fact, Josephus even used it when speaking of crowds flooding into Jerusalem, ruining, or I believe his words were wrecking the city. Jesus, we know, used the word baptism when speaking of his death in Mark 10, verse 38, and Luke 12, verse 50. So what does it mean for us as believers today to be baptized into his death. Well, let's look at verses four, five, and six again. 
to get a better understanding. It says, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Jesus died to provide for us a whole new way of life. A whole new way of life. Jesus didn't die to flex God's power. Jesus didn't die to uh, to provide an option for us. Jesus is not an option. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus died to provide a whole new way of life. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, old things are passed away, all things are become new. Everything about what Jesus died to give us is new, and it's wholly new. It's nothing that we've ever known. It's nothing we could have ever obtained to. It is wholly new. And when we become Christians, we die to a whole way of life. When you and I became Christians, we died to a whole way of life. We weren't like trying this. We weren't experimenting with this to see if it was better than the life that we had. No, no, no. We died to this life. We died to this life. Christians, therefore, are people who have died. Christians are people who have died. Therefore, water baptism is more like a public renouncing of the life that we once lived than a declaration of our flesh's crucifixion. That's what water baptism should be. It's a renouncing of the life that we once lived and a declaring of our flesh's crucifixion. For the first century believer, a baptism into his death was more like a death by drowning than a comforting moment in a baptismal font. It was more than just symbolism for them because of the strong imagery of the original language. It was like, I'm dying, I'm going down. It was acknowledging death by nail point and boldly accepting. It was forsaking all else and accepting Christ Jesus. It was a complete turning away from the old life and a fully embracing of the new. If you were to ask me, Pastor John, why is it that some seem to enjoy the Christian walk so much more than others, that some seem to get so much more out of the worship experience and out of the word of God than others, why do you think that is? I would say those that fully enjoy have fully been immersed have fully accepted, have fully embraced this whole new way of life. They weren't trying to hold hands with the world in an old way of life and try to lay hold of Christ. No, 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 no. You renounce the old way of life and you fully embrace and you fully accept Christ and all that he did for you. I mean, if you think about it, for us to not fully embrace all that Jesus provided would almost be saying the equivalent of, I still need some of my old life, but I'm so grateful for all that Jesus has done. 
and the people that never let go and lay hold of Jesus Christ and all that he's provided never fully experience. And I don't care how long you may have been raised in the church, how strong of a Christian family you may have been raised in, it does not matter if you have not fully accepted, fully embraced, turned your back on your old way of life and fully embraced Christ. It will not matter. It will not work. It will not fly. Jesus didn't die for partial obedience. Jesus didn't die so that we would have a way, an option in, in, in light of many. He is it. And you fully embrace and you fully accept and you fully give yourself to, or you will find it to be a very frustrating spiritual attempt instead of a very fulfilling spiritual life. I want to look at Philippians Chapter 3, I'm going to look at two more portions of Scripture. Philippians chapter 3. And I believe it's going to make more sense in light of what we've shared than it ever has before. You are going to readily recognize verse 10, especially the first part of verse 10 but it's going to be the latter part of verse 10 as we get to it that I want you to look at. I'm going to begin reading in Philippians 3, verse 7, and then we're going to get to verse 10. Paul speaking, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Please keep in mind that he was writing this from a prison cell. Most believe it was the Mamertine prison. It was a horrible prison. Most did not survive. It was a certain death sentence to even be sentenced there. And you can look that up and study it for yourself. I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish. I believe older language even uses the word dung in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, keep reading, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Becoming like him in his death. If you see the words know him or know Christ in verse 10. They're very, very powerful. In the original Greek, they speak of gaining Christ or being found in him. So to be found in him means coming to know him. And in verses 10, and if you were to continue into verse 11, we see the apostle Paul's heart and his goal. The power of the resurrection, number one attaining the resurrection from the dead, number two, sharing in his sufferings, number three, becoming like him in his death, number four. The apostle Paul knew that he could not experience resurrection power and attain resurrection from the dead without becoming like Jesus in death. He knew that. What were his goals? His goals were resurrection power, the resurrection from the dead, which is speaking of something even after we leave this earth. It's the, it's the culmination, it's, it's the final, or as N.T. Wright would say, it is, it is life after life after life. 
The Apostle Paul knew. He, he knew that he could not experience resurrection power. He knew that he could not experience a, a resurrection from the dead without becoming like Jesus in his death. So many of us, we, we want the resurrection, but we do not want to go through the death. So many of us want to enjoy all the good benefits of Christianity, but we don't want to suffer to be any stronger, any wiser, any more compassionate, have a heart for souls beyond what we do. We, we don't like the whole dying and we don't like the whole suffering thing. And in many gospels being preached throughout America, the whole suffering message has been removed. You don't hear dying to self being preached too much. Suffering for Christ's sake, preached too, preached too much. No wonder why Peter said, I believe it's in 1 Peter 4, that he who has suffered for Christ's sake has ceased from sin. I believe sin is so rampant even in the church today, because no one is willing to suffer for Christ's sake. We think Jesus died to make a bed of roses for us. And we remove the, the whole death and burial part of the equation and we just want to jump right to the resurrection. There is no resurrection without death and burial. And if we're going to be like Jesus, and if Jesus is going to be our model, well, Jesus died. He gave it all. He gave it all. So if you've died to this life, then it should be buried and it should be out of sight. And I believe then we can begin to experience resurrection power, and there is power. When you have died to self, when you have embraced a whole new way of life. I believe it's all there. Let me show you this in another portion of scripture too. Go to Matthew 16 with me. Matthew 16. Jesus was speaking to his disciples and I know we're speaking some, some deeper things today and depending on your relationship with the Lord, he can maybe speak in a more pointed way to you than he might be able to speak to others. I don't think you impose what God's been speaking to you necessarily on everybody else. But here he's speaking to his disciples. And listen closely now, in light of everything that we've read, this should make even greater sense. Look at verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Here's what astounds me about these verses. Because in this, it's been said it's the, it's the cost of discipleship or of following Christ. I'm going to say in these two verses is Christianity in a whole. Isn't it amazing that Jesus died on a cross once, but we're to die on a cross daily? Isn't it amazing that Jesus carried the cross once in the Via, Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering, but we're to pick up our cross to even follow him daily? There is no such thing as a crossless Christianity. We can't even follow Jesus without a cross, and I believe it's the reason why many lose sight of him 
because they've refused to pick up their cross. You can't follow Jesus without a cross. There needs to be a constant dying going on because it's in dying that you live. It's in losing your life that you find it. Jesus gave his life to provide life for us and we will give our life to find life. We will lose our life to find life. And I know that it seems upside down, but to those of you that have been found dead in Christ and now alive, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what it means to die to an old way of life so that you could experience a new life. You cannot have both your old life in Christ. You cannot. And I'm telling you today, as we are thinking about Jesus' death, you cannot have both. You cannot hang on to an old way of life and expect to be honoring all that Jesus did, embracing all that Jesus did by dying on the cross for ourselves. That's where many become stagnant. That's where many become caught. That's where many seem to be spinning their wheels spiritually and they can never seem to, to go to a, another level. They don't want to surrender on a level like that. They don't want to suffer for Christ's sake like that. Saying yes to Jesus is declaring death over the way that you've lived. Not to somehow arrive at an agreement or a compromise. Where, you know, Jesus, come on, work with me. You know what kind of guy I am. Yes to Jesus is death to self. Yes to Jesus is a yes to a new life that you've never known and a death to the life that you'd always known. That's what saying yes to Jesus is. Jesus gave his life so that we could live and we give our lives to live. And if Jesus is our example, then we need to be dying a death like his. Well, Pastor John, what are you saying that we should become martyrs? Yes, every day. Yes, die every day. Martyrdom every day. There should be a, a portion of us that is dying every day. I've heard it said this way, that Jesus and the devil have only one thing in common, and that is that they're both trying to kill you. One to destruction and one to bring life. And no one ever has gotten changed by seeing our old self lingering around. No, people are changed as they see Jesus in us. And it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Why don't have, why do people lack hope in a time like this? Why, I believe, are many afraid? Because they won't die like they should be dying. I'm going to tell you right now, this, this virus is not the greatest opposition that we will ever see. And how dare it threaten Holy Week like it is. Don't you dare roll over and play dead for this virus you be victorious. Even when your circumstances, even when things are saying that you're limited in doing this, this, and that, there should be a life in you that is otherworldly. There should be a life in you that people who don't know Jesus wonder whether you're crazy or whether you're really on to something. There should be an otherworldly, supernatural life going on in you. We're not Christians by title. We're not, we're not Christians by the words that we say. We're Christians by the life we lived. They were called Christians first at Antioch because of the way they lived. They were called Christians. They were like little Christs. And if we know anything about Jesus, we always think it's all about the miracles and how he was used and how greater things than these shall you do. If we know anything about Jesus, it, it's about the cross. It's about the cross. 
It's about the cross and it's in dying that we're going to live. I believe there should be a zombie apocalypse and it should be among believers on the earth today. We should be the walking dead that only the life of Christ be seen in us. I think the question for us today is, will you say yes to Jesus today? Crucifying your flesh and all of its, all of its passions becoming more and more like him in his death. That's the question today. That's what I'm posing to you today. And I can't think of a better way to close a Good Friday service than by receiving Holy Communion together. And we're going to see in 1 Corinthians 11 that at the Holy Communion table, every time we take communion, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. And we're going to read it here in a moment. And so if you um, could grab your emblems, if you don't have them, I'm going to grab mine, they're right here. If you have your communion emblems with you, please grab them. Now these scriptures should take on an even greater meaning for us today. I'm in 1 Corinthians 11, 23. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. Please notice that Jesus instituted communion on the very night when he was betrayed. Please note that on the very night that Jesus betrayed, he gave thanks to God. For all that was about to happen to him, he gave thanks to God. So powerful that we understand this moment. I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. How powerful, how symbolic is that? That bread being his body, he gave thanks before it was even broken. Isn't that powerful? When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. In the same way, what's the same way he gave thanks? In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's drink together. How powerful that as often as we celebrate 
Holy Communion, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. The Lord's death. It is Holy Communion. And I just want to agree in prayer with you right now. And I want to challenge you. Have you completely surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Are there things that are still alive in your life that ought not be? Is there a dying to self that needs to take place? We've just taken communion. We've just come to a holy communion table proclaiming Jesus' death. And I want to agree with you in prayer here at the close of our Good Friday service that there would be a continuing work of Christ taking place in you. That you would choose this very day, this very hour, to pick up your cross and to follow Christ because without a cross, you can't follow him. Without a cross, you'll go no further spiritually than you are. And many are stagnant right now because of the simple truth in Matthew 16, 24, and 25. So I want to pray that the body of Christ all over would be picking the cross of Christ back up again. That the Holy Communion table would take on fresh meaning as we see it with fresh eyes and we proclaim the Lord's death because in his death we have life. And so agree in prayer with me. Father God, I am wholly yours. I renounce my old way of life. I pick up my cross and I follow you, Jesus. Father, I want to go from complaining to committed. I want to go from lingering to leading. And Lord, I want to go from wallowing to worshiping. My life is wholly yours, Lord. And I more than identify with your death. I embrace your death, Jesus, so that there would be life afresh anew in me. From this moment on, old things are passed away. Their hold, their dominion is broken off of my life. And I declare the blood of Jesus that was shed once and for all to have cleansed me and to have cleared a way, a way in the wilderness, a stream in the desert, providing a new life for me like I have never, ever known before. Father in heaven, thank you for all that you provide. Thank you for all that was accomplished through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And today... We die afresh and anew so that on Resurrection Sunday, it'll be unlike any Easter we could ever remember. Though apart, united in spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, as we go, we go now 
with our cross on our shoulder. We go now as followers of Jesus Christ, crucifying our flesh and its passions, dying daily so that we might live daily. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you Easter Sunday. Have a great Easter weekend.